0: You can also gain access to our found footage show, the Weird Tape series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. I awoke to a storm, its cold wind worrying the threadbare curtains where they billowed like quilts of dusky cobweb. Emily Dodson's old house, where the bright dreams lived, creaked upon its aged foundation, a long-proven bulwark against hundreds, if not thousands, of storms. Yet there was something different about this storm, something that roiled the ether and pricked the skin of my arms and neck. The darkness of the room was only slightly alleviated by the morning light, the storm clouds muting it to nearly nothing. Turning the cold glow of my eyes to the nearest window, I rose to confront the storm.
0: Come on, you hunk of junk. Faster! Faster! I gotta get to Romy before this fog shit does.
1: Whatever it was, it sure as hell wasn't a normal storm. More like a sky-high mass of creeping, glittering fog of some sort. Where it scraped the sky, it twisted the cloud cover into monstrous faces. Some grinning idiotically, others twisted by either pain or insanity. The horror show above my head almost stole my attention from the comparably banal sights emerging from the distant tree line. Just beyond the bowing reeds and cattails, clad in a dress that billowed bright and orange against the darkness of the storm, was my mother. Clinging to her sides were her two children, a blonde boy and a raven-haired girl the girl's eyes glittering like shards of the coldest bluest sky. My mother was calling out to me, the wind swallowing her words as she made them. As if the wind wanted her to be heard, it drew itself completely still for the smallest second, my mother's words traveling through the silence. Wake up, you're dreaming. Wake up and see your little ones before you pass away forever. No! I don't believe it! You're not real! Not real!
0: Come on, come on, come on!
1: I pushed myself away from the windowsill so hard, I tumbled to the floor. I crawled to the ruined nightstand, my pills spilling across the floor as I frantically opened the bottle. I slapped myself across the face. You're not Charlotte. Do you hear me? Not Charlotte. You're Rosemary. Rosemary Stroud. This... Is a delusion. A hallucination. Something. But it's not real. You've got to stay calm. Fight it. Why, no, child. You're the sweet mother of these two darling little angels. I looked up at the sound of Emily Dodson's voice. A voice that shouldn't exist outside a dream. The strange mist leaked through the window, semi-translucent, shimmering, coiling soft and violet around the edges of the mattress, where the echoes of Emily and her sweet family had lived. Emily stood from the mattress, her pale sundress rippling, tawny hair scattered by the wind. She smiled warm and friendly, but not at me. I looked to my left and saw the small blonde boy. Isaiah. He smiled at me, his right hand extending to help me up. Then his sister, Rosemary, spoke from behind me. Let us help you up, Mommy. You can see us before you die.
0: Fucking go! Go, go, go! Go!
1: opened the door, little footsteps, my children or my hallucinations, little Rosemary and Isaiah followed close behind. Why are you running away, Mommy? Come back! <laughs> I, I was breaking, and I was breaking hard. After all, <laughs> wasn't it more likely I was Charlotte? I mean, <laughs> all this dream-catching business, the great darkness, <laughs> the, the night Christ. <laughs> Wasn't it more likely all a dream that I was, in fact, <laughs> just a woman, a regular woman, a dying mother... Caught in one last dream. (laughs) That's right. You finally accepted it. Of course you're just dreaming. My mother stood close by, ankle deep in the swamp, her dress now a hospital gown, everything from her waist down, soaked in blood. No! I... M. Rosemary Stroud. I'm not living out some nightmare. I'm real, damn it. I'm real. Well, there's no reason to get mad. Death comes to us all, even when you're in the process of giving life. What God grants the least of us, he takes from the greatest. The swamp water had turned red from my mother's blood, dead bodies lifted from its depths, floating like red balloons into the sky. They were the corpses of everyone I'd known who had died, co-workers, friends. Finally, the blood leaked upwards, covering Charlotte, her body floating upward with all the rest. If a good mother knows how to die, Death may be kind enough to make a sweet dream of it. Other times, however, when that mother is selfish, a nightmare. I felt small, gentle hands take my own. I refused to look down at them, to see them smiling up at me, to see my, my little baby. It was Isaiah, our fancy rented car tearing down one of the dirt roads leading to the threshold, plumes of dust turning in the wind. Letting go of the tiny hands at my sides, I sprinted towards my brother, my real flesh and blood brother. I stumbled and clawed my way through thickets and mud and water, my muscles burning, desperate for the same reality I could see encircling the car, where Isaiah's power held back the ambient insanity, the clear blue sky visible through the pale flare of his power. I took one last glance back at the house, my little house of dreams on the hill. It was surrounded by the strange fog, all save the rooftop, where I could see Emily Dodson waving goodbye.
0: Feeling any better?
1: Yeah, I think so. Meds are starting to kick in. Thank Christ I had the foresight to stash an extra bottle in the glove box. So. That's the dim, huh? The free floating accumulation of countless broken brains. <sighs> A moment longer, and I think the contents of my broken brain would have been added to the mix. I was worse off than I wanted to let on, but getting into it was never the right move. It just stirred shit back up. It was better to focus on the job ahead. Even after I'd accepted his apologies, and then some, I could tell Isaiah hadn't shirked an ounce of guilt over flaking and needing some time alone. I got the feeling that his obsessions forced him to assume guilt for anything that troubled me. And I got the feeling that guilt and remorse weren't generally part of his process.
0: I'm no crypto-naturalist, but uh, the dim strikes me as a wider, more undifferentiated aspect of exopathy. Reality taking its cues from sources other than the steadier beats of traditional cause and effect.
1: Yeah, it's the collective effulgence of all the psychotypes. White wigs, sleeping Victorians, and on and on. But it also seems to be psychoreactive, taking cues from local thought patterns, incorporating them and perverting them. Point of fact, when it got close to me, it started weaving one hell of a crazy quilt from all the stuff banging around inside my head. And unless I'm missing something about your own ability, it could easily pass for its polar opposite. The chaos to your order, I mean.
0: That's me, alright. Stark, raving, sane. It also strikes me as not too dissimilar from your own mojo. Just a less focused version of it. And the fact that it differently interprets almost weaponizes a person's inner thoughts. Puts it right at the level of some sort of roaming nightmare.
1: I can see why the higher-ups want us on this one, but I can't see how all this relates to us getting called into Blackledge. As far as I know, the place is mostly abandoned.
0: It was, but not so much anymore. After the civic measures for metropolitan prosperity were passed, the place was closed. The population either got bused to developing locations or they landed in dog towns. But not too long ago, there was a decision to open it back up to the super wealthy, where they could live apart from all the slummers, their own private city. I was involved in the um, cleaning efforts that needed to happen before anyone could do any moving in. A lot of us ended up staying there, hired on as security and whatnot. But that's not where we're headed. We're going to the Chimney House District. The place was cordoned off from the city proper, walled up and left alone. Sort of like a little new Vic. Some of the shit we ran into there, well, it wasn't about to be run off. (laughs)
1: I'm more than a little familiar with chimney districts. New Vic had one. Happened near the tail end of the night plague, just before the troops pulled out. They converted something like three blocks worth of buildings into makeshift crematoriums. The bodies had just gotten too numerous to dispose of quickly, and they'd about run out of space for mass graves. Back at the lab, the disposal guys used the bigger ovens to ashify a lot of the obscurum that got labeled toxic had regular runs back and forth.
0: The Chimney House District in Blackledge is a small town unto itself. Something like six square miles of repurposed industrial space. Looks like something you'd get if M.C. Escher and H.R. Geiger sat on the board of urban planning. Just a gigantic maze filled with rusted vents and winding conduits. Not to mention all the blowing ash piles. Better known as the soot dunes.
1: Uh sounds like it's gonna be a blast.
0: I'd never seen Romy that frightened before. Not even when Nycrist had us dead to rights and was about to fill us with serrated shadows. She wouldn't say exactly what happened in her final moments at the threshold, but even if she wanted to, she'd been shaking so hard I thought she might come apart. All because I couldn't shoulder a truth I'd half-suspected most of my life. The instructors back at the academy had it right all along. Emotions are like lions. Try and get cozy with them, and they'll eat you alive. Sure as shit seemed that way. But it was time I started walking the walk. I liked to shoot my mouth off about how everything was essentially nothing. Men, monsters, gods. All of them nothing but systems governed by higher, if alien, logics. Logics that sapped the super from the natural. Grounded gods and gravity. So what if half of me came from some creature that wasn't exactly human... It didn't change a damn thing about who I already was. The uncomfortable parts of me I'd nearly resigned myself to. But most importantly, I had to stay steady for Romy. I never wanted to see her that scared again. Not if I could help it.
1: Isaiah, watch out! The road's blocked! What the fuck?
0: Oh, fuck. What what does that sign say? Next to the barricade.
1: Free town of Piston Flats. Government assholes not allowed. Turn back or get yourself killed. (laughs) Only about half of that is spelled correctly.
0: A lot of these places around here are still unaffiliated. Just dog kennels and tatter towns. The whole bunch of them. I think I can pull around the barrier. Should be enough room.
1: You sure we shouldn't take another route? I mean, the locals sound pretty unhinged.
0: We're reclamation agents, remember? We go where we want. Besides, according to the map, there is no way around. And The handler was specific about not being late, so whatever they got us doing, it's time-sensitive. I'd rather square off with a bunch of armed hicks than get nailed for tardiness. There we go. That wasn't so hard.
1: I wouldn't count those chickens if I were you. Look.
0: Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. More barriers?
1: Well, now what do we do?
0: fuck this shit. I noticed in our throwdown back in Hollowick that I was able to add a little extra zing to my opening volley, lending them the force and scatter of a shotgun. It was nice to see I could reproduce the effect. Problem solved.
1: Or you just rang the redneck dinner bell. They'd have to be deaf and stupid not to have heard that.
0: Sit tight. I'll have us out of here in a jiff. Ten minutes after I swore not to do anything stupid on account of protecting Romy, and there I was, doing something stupid. Might have been a new personal best. And, naturally, karma never missed a beat.
1: I think the guys in those trucks, trucks mounted with machine guns, I might add, might want a word with you, dear brother.
0: Hold on. On a level paved road, I'd have ghosted them. But this wasn't the autobomb, and the shots were getting way too close. Christ! God damn it.
1: What the hell are you doing? They're gonna blast us to smithereens.
0: Just gonna have a little talk. Stay here.
1: Aren't you taking your briefcase?
0: No, I don't need it. wasn't exactly in the habit of making messes, but I was in the habit of cleaning up after myself. This was my screw-up, and I had to handle it my way. I wonder if there ain't no shit kicking around in them fancy britches of yours, hotshot.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: finally wisened up, huh? throwing yourself at the mercy of the court. Is that it? (sighs) Look, I'm, uh, that is, we're reclamation agents. We don't want any trouble. We're just on our way through. Nobody needs to get hurt. that work for you fellas? I flashed my big gold badge, and everyone's eyes widened to admit my sizable authority. All eyes went to the head hick waiting for his play but I could see he was doing some math probably assumed it was too late for a do-over and for the sake of his rep and longevity it was best to stay the course well ain't that pretty kind of you ain't it Mr. Reclamation Officer especially after you done blew up all those blockades we worked so hard on seems to me you owe us ain't that right fellas (laughs) What you got in that big fancy car of yours, company man? Anything worth taking, maybe? I'm afraid you're a little late to the party, boys. We got jumped coming through the bottomlands. Left behind everything we had just to get away. Now, we're on official business here, and we don't have time to fuck around. Be nice if you could just let us through and we can all pretend like nothing ever happened Because it'd be ashamed if something did happen to us On the only road to our destination Where anyone with a brain could figure out where we likely went missing Anyone like, say, a full battalion of heavily armed federal officers You think this here's our first dance with the law, shitbritches? <laughs> Not even close And we know there ain't no one gonna come looking too hard for a government man. Big Brother don't care none for his own, after all. Why, they just gonna hand another tin badge to the next asshole in line is all. He wasn't completely wrong. Our squads used to come back missing all kinds of people, and I didn't recall anyone in much of a hurry to go looking for them. But that didn't go for players above the Bush League especially not wreck agents. Persons with expensive training and fancy abilities. People in high, unseen places would want to know where their property got to and who was going to pay for it if it turned up broke. But I could see there was no sense in telling that to the head hick. He'd made his play and was sticking to it, come hell or high water. All right, z Why don't you pull the little lady there out and turn the car over and see if he's lying about not having nothing worth taking.
1: Thanks for the hand up, but I think I can manage on my own.
0: Got a pretty fancy-ass looking suitcase here, Mel. (laughs) Yeah, shit. Thing's cold as fuck. So... Nothing worth the shit, huh? What's in the case, shit britches? Some kind of fancy chemical, some big government outfit, pay a fortune to get back? Why don't one of you just mosey over there and crack it open? Like, nice and slow. Whatever you say, Slick. Whatever you say.
2: The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Baer and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's
0: M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of The Sleep-Wake Cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion... Visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.